back for another episode of end to end and now we are into the month of may finally it's usually playoff hockey at this time it's usually like the second or third round but we're still talking about the last two weeks of the regular season so without further ado let's get right into it as always joe is with me for the ride and we've got some big news kind of here in the news to start off and it's a goaltender retiring from the league he's probably a american goalie legend and you know who's that joe that is Ryan Miller of the Anaheim Ducks, who announced this week that he is. This will be his last season with only a, like a few games left of the regular season, and he actually had a nice home send off last night with a six two win, and like he got a standing ovation after the win, and uh, he uh, he's one of the best American goalies of all time. He has the most wins. Do you think he is a Hall of Famer? That's a tricky one because. Like, the team he played on, the Buffalo Sabres, was dominant for a few years. But then he sort of went to the Blues. They lost in the first round. And then he got bounced around and then went to the Ducks. And, you know, the Ducks haven't been really great. And then, uh, I, I don't know. It's tough. But I, I'd probably say, yeah, just because he's first in American all-time wins. And he's been in the league for a while. But I don't know. I don't think he has a Vesna, right? Or does he? He does, actually. The 09-10 season, he won the Vesna when uh, U.S. won silver at the Olympics. Okay. And so then he, he was also MVP of that Olympics as well. Yeah. So, like, 2010 was basically, like, his best year by far, I guess you could say. So, he'll for sure be in, like, the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's just more of a question of the actual Hall of Fame. I would say, like, yes, just because he's, like, first all-time in American goalie. And, like, that's a pretty big accomplishment. And... I don't even think he was like a high draft pick either. I could be wrong on that, but no, like he he's played like a long time. Like he's forty years old, and like this is kind of like coming for him because like he is like forty now, and like <laughs> yeah. he's not the same as he used to be. So this wasn't really like a too much of a surprise, but well deserved. And what a great career for Ryan Miller. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say yeah. I'm looking at his accomplishments. I mean, he won the Hobie Baker as well in 2001. The Vesna, also the silver medal, the MVP at the Olympics. And, uh, yeah, he was a fifth-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres in 1999. So, yeah. I mean, and, like, if I'm being really honest, I mean, this year has been great for Ryan Miller, but he hasn't been a bad goalie at all. Like, there's no—he no, was also on the Canucks. I forgot about that as well. But yep. he has really haven't, hasn't had a really bad season. Like, every year in, his, in the league, he's been over 900 save percentage. And, to be exact, 907. So he's never that, had worse than that good. in his career. Yeah. And he was also at the tail end of his career going to Anaheim, and he's actually been pretty good there. But, yeah, I, I mean, answering the question, I think it's yeah, but we'll see. And, uh, yeah, congrats to Ryan Miller on retiring. I mean, yeah, it sucks because he was still pretty good, but, I mean, age catches up to you. Yeah, and, like, I mean, even, like, he transitioned, like, perfectly. Like, as you said, going to Anaheim, he transitioned perfectly as a backup to Gibson. Mm -hmm. And he could probably have, like, a big role to play in Gibson's overall development. Obviously, Gibson's American as well. Yep. So, I mean, the Ducks are not good this year. Gibson has not been the problem, obviously, and he hasn't been for a while. He's the lone kind of bright spot on the team. And Miller kind of maybe mentoring him for the final few years there could have really helped in that development so that's great to see as well yep and then we stay on the goalie train here and we got some other news i think we talked about this two weeks ago and it's mark andre Fleury making history once again as he ties roberto luongo for third all-time in nhl wins with 489 i mean this guy keeps winning the vegas golden knights are clearly one of the best teams in the national hockey league and 
you know, Fleury's been benefited by these good teams he's on, but he's also a really good goaltender as well, so you can't deny that. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, it's honestly amazing what he's been able to do. Like, if you look at he just passed Luongo. Luongo played, like, I think an extra three or four years more than Fleury. Like you said, like, Fleury's obviously been on, like, some powerhouse teams, and he still is right now. That, that really helps his win total, but... Like, even this year, like, the guy's, like, 36, I think, or turning 37, and he's been, like, Lilia Vesna contender this year. So, and, like, this is, like, when the whole thing with Leonard and the agent with the sword in the back and, like, potentially getting out of Vegas, if they didn't have this guy this year, they would not be where they are. I could tell you that. Yeah, correct. You're right. <laughs> Definitely right with that statement because at the age he is, as 36, he's having a Vesna-like year. I mean, if Vashlevsky's not playing this year it's Mark andre Fleury's trophy to win but unfortunately Vashlevsky exists in this time so he'll definitely be up for the ward 926 save percentage and yeah the wins just keep climbing for climbing for this guy so he'll definitely be in second place at the end of his career I just don't know when that's going to happen I don't think first place will ever happen because Brodor basically just has like 600 something wins or something like that I don't know that's crazy but yeah but he could could he potentially catch Patrick Raw? I just pulled it up right now. So he's at 49. He's obviously going to hit 500, the third goalie in NHL history to hit 500 wins because he'll be playing next year because he still has a lot left to give. Waugh is currently sitting at 551 wins. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see him passing if he plays another two and a half years. Yeah. One as like, a backup. Yeah, that's like potentially like 60-ish wins, 60-ish more wins. So he could honestly be second all time if he still like wants to continue playing and still like at that level. I could definitely see him getting close or potentially passing it. Yeah, and the only thing that Fleury doesn't have is that Vesna. I mean, no, it's just that looming thing going over him in the in his locker room, uh, in his trophy case, should I say? And it's just not there. Like every time he looks, it's just not there. And this was one of the years he could have won it, but yeah, it sucks. But I mean, he's gonna be second all time in wins, hopefully. So. Yeah, even like a lot of the guys that are in the upper echelon, like Luongo, I don't think won a Vesna. Like Curtis Joseph was up there, didn't win a Vesna. Like a lot of these guys who won a lot of games didn't win Vesnas. Yeah, it's... so it's not like too uncommon for that. No, and yeah, so we'll keep tabs on Flurry. We talked about him two weeks ago. Maybe we'll talk about him in two weeks' time. But uh, yeah, Mark Andre Flurry uh, is tied with Roberto Longo for third all time in wins with four hundred eighty nine. Uh, we'll get to clinching news. Actually, you know what? Yeah, no, we'll get to clinching news. A lot of teams clinched this past week. We talked about Vegas, uh, Minnesota, and Colorado last week. And now the teams that clinched this week are the Leafs, the Islanders, Penguins, Capitals, Carolina, Florida, and the Lightning. I mean, just, I, I would just go out and say these are the top dogs in the league right now. And they all clinched at the right time because they're the top dogs. Yeah, that's for sure. The, all of the top teams like the interesting thing here is like basically like almost all the divisions have the top three locked up except for the north yeah so take it that as you will in terms of how strong the north is but i would say the west is uh, probably worse to be honest in terms of the rest of the teams but um i don't know these are all the top contenders like you said and like the only thing i'll worry like i would worry about is who's going to win the President's Trophy? Because we all know that that curse exists. And right now, Carolina is leading by one point over Vegas. So do, do these teams <laughs> not want to maybe intentionally lose a few games, maybe just to not get it? Because the curse exists. Like, you can't dispute it. It's 
a Presidents Trophy team. I don't think they've even made the finals in the last like twenty years, maybe. I no, could I think be wrong. wasn't it uh, Chicago when they went on that run in twenty thirteen. Yeah, so that was the last time a Presidents Trophy team won it. So yeah. that was once, and I don't even know if there's other times. So since then, <laughs> obviously not. That was also a lockout year, so that could have played into it. I mean, Chicago was obviously the best team that year, and they obviously won the cup. But yeah, it, it still exists because you know. Lightning won it by a landslide a few years ago, got swept in the first round. And then last year, obviously, the season didn't really finish. But I think Boston was, I think so. I think they did give it to Boston. Last year, yeah. They yeah, did. and they lost in the second round. So <laughs> it still exists to a degree. And like, it's sometimes, it's more of a mental thing than anything sometimes. It's like they get into the players' heads and stuff. And it's like so much pressure and whatever. But we'll see who wins the President's Trophy this year. <laughs> Yeah, so the last two, 20 years, two uh, teams have won the President's Trophy and ended up winning the Cup. That's the Blackhawks in 2013 and the Red Wings in 2008. All right, so both teams had like multiple, multiple Hall of Famers, so, <laughs> so that, that could explain it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that helps. Yeah, but I, wanted, I think I said before the notes when we talked about like teams and placement, I, I think teams, I think this is the gear where placement... I could be wrong in saying it, but it could—it doesn't matter at all. Like placement in division, like Tampa sits third, and they're probably still favorite to win and come out of that division. No. Yeah, it's gonna be tough though because like Carolina looks like legit, and whoever they're either gonna play Dallas or Nashville in that in that fourth seed, and they're gonna like should should probably sweep them or maybe like five games, but. Yeah, you're right. I don't think position matters that much this year just because, like, they've played each other so many times. Yeah. Like, you already know what you're expecting. Like, you're not going to get a radical change and, like, you know, well, we got to study more film. Like, you played them, like, eight to nine times. So it doesn't even matter. It's more like if you match up well during the year, then you'll most likely match up well during the playoffs. Obviously, like, some guys come up big in playoff moments, like unhurt, unsung heroes yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, especially this year, like you said – um, it does not matter at all, I don't think. If you match up well, like if Toronto plays Montreal, they should be heavy, heavy favorites just because they match up way better with the centers and just overall like the team depth. Uh, well, I mean, so <laughs> it's more like, like that. Like if you match up well during the season, then you shouldn't have any problems in the playoffs. They play the playoffs for a reason, so right, we'll exactly. see. Yeah, and I'm like specifically kind of talking about that uh, that East Division where Pittsburgh sets a top, and that keeps changing the standings between them, Washington, and the Islanders. But as of right now, as we record this podcast, Pittsburgh's in first, and they would play the Boston Bruins, and that's a matchup I would not want to uh, get into if I was Pittsburgh because you know Boston's pretty good in the playoffs. But I mean, if you kind of lose some game, they're obviously not going to do this, the Penguins, but. I'd rather play the Islanders than the Boston Bruins because I don't want to play Pasternak, Martian, and Bergeron in the playoffs. And we know what's happened the last time when they played the Boston Bruins in the playoffs. I believe they got swept in the conference finals. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, matchups are going to be key and you played each other multiple times. And Pittsburgh's done fairly well against the Bruins. But, I mean, it's just a, it's just a scenario where you don't want to, like, just play that team just because of past success with that team going in the playoffs, right? But... You know, we've seen stranger things happen. We've seen upsets happen literally last year and the last two years. It's been crazy what we've seen. So, I mean, stupider things can happen, but we'll see. Yeah, also, like, I don't even know if Pittsburgh want to play the Islanders either because the Islanders swept them like, two years ago them as well. yep. in the first round. So, I mean, Pittsburgh's been struggling the last few years in the playoffs. They look like 
they look a lot better i would say overall this year like their depth they have a lot of good depth this year but crosby's been unbelievable all this without malkin yari's really turned it around um i don't know we'll see because like you said like they've like the last two years specifically they've been like really bad they got swept by the islanders and they lost in the play-in round to montreal last year yeah so they they have to be trending up i don't think you can get worse than what they've been the last two years in terms of playoff success but i think i think though they should be able to go on a run i think yeah let's hope they have some good team there's some good players sorry and malkin's out so you know hopefully that adds to the lineup when he's back so yep um next news we have gerard gallant is named head coach of team canada for the 2021 whf world championship in latvia I mean, this is a good move uh, for Roberto Luongo. I mean, he's also the GM, so he kind of hired uh, Jared Galan as a head coach. And, you know, I don't want to say it's an audition for teams to kind of get their eyes on for the NHL because I think this guy is already has eyes on him. But, I mean, this is just another step in the direction to head back into the NHL and coach, right? Yeah, for sure. This is, like you said, like literally like a showcase. It's like a pro day for this guy. <laughs> They're going to give him a bunch of good players, see how he manages them, just so he can get back into the limelight, because he hasn't been around in like over a year now, like as a coach, Yeah. and he should be a head coach. Like, I don't understand what the problem <laughs> is with Galan. Like, he, he has success everywhere he goes, Like, and it's like, yeah, like he wasn't even like, considered like going into this year and whatever, but that's going to change going into the next year for sure. Yeah. Teams hope. are going to fire some coaches and let some coaches walk for sure. So, yeah, this is a showcase for him. And also, speaking of some IIHF news, they actually, thankfully, announced that the women's tournament is rescheduled to the end of August now. So they didn't flat-out cancel it. Like, well, that's not happening. They postponed it, I guess, now officially. So it is happening now at the end of August. I don't know if it's still in Nova Scotia or not, but I know it's happening now at the end of August. Yeah, they're pushing for somewhere other in Canada. I think the other option I was on headlines last night was Calgary. Yeah. Because I think, well, not I think, Edmonton has hosted a pretty good bubble last few years. I mean, the NHL won and the World Juniors. So, I mean, whether it's in Calgary, Edmonton, those kind of places there in Alberta, uh, you kind of want to get your uh, host city there. But I think the eastern side of Canada is out of the question. I think that's what Rene Fassel said yesterday on headlines. But, you know, we've seen stranger things happen, but... I mean, that was really rude of the Hockey Can and Double HF just to come out and say it's canceled and not going to be rescheduled for a later date. And, you know, I think they heard the pressure. They saw the pressure online and they had to reschedule this tournament. Yeah, for sure. It was a disgrace that it was actually canceled to begin with. They should have just like flat out said postponed and they wouldn't have gotten that much like heat, which they did, obviously. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next piece of news here is that the 32nd NHL team is now official. So Seattle Kraken made their last payment on Friday, and they are now officially considered a team. So that means GM Ron Francis could attend GM meetings. They're able to sign and trade for players. So they could sign players out of the KHL right now, for example, sign any free agents or start uh, you know, negotiating with teams regarding the expansion draft. Like They're allowed to do that now, I yeah. believe. So that's really exciting. Yeah, we'll see them next year. I mean, hopefully there's fans in their building. We, That's kind of the exciting part with Vegas. They had the whole show going into the first game and, you know, all the hype and their fans are pretty crazy now. And even then it was pretty crazy as well. But I'm excited for this offseason. I know I knew you are too, just with the free agency that might happen. And obviously the expansion drafts exciting because 
you know, we saw in 2017 how wild that one was. And, you know, I don't think this is going to be wilder, but I mean, it's just exciting when you see players move and, you know, drafts are just always exciting in, in the first place. Right. So exactly. And like, I think like more people know what to expect now, like, like the Vegas expansion draft, that was like technically like our first in terms of our age. Cause like the last time I think was like Columbus or Minnesota. That was like when we were like one and two years old. So <laughs> and we did they have a draft. Uh, yeah, I think they did. I think they did. Not to not like how Vegas and now Seattle has it. Like I think it was different, but I believe they did because like they had to pluck teams. Because I know like guys like Noodles from Overdrive was on the Wild expansion, so I think they had a draft as well. I could be wrong though. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just it's it's still exciting when you see a draft. Like you hear the word draft. Yeah, and you get hyped, and it's like, now we know what to expect from Vegas, like, we know the moves that could be made, like, how Vegas was able to make so many <laughs> trades, so that, that teams could protect certain players, like, the same thing is kind of going to happen, but I don't, I think the NHL kind of changed it where it's not too extreme, because mm-hmm. Vegas really, really benefited from those trades, yep. they're getting a ton and ton of picks, and they basically used all those picks to acquire guys like Pacioretty, Mark Stone, uh... Leonard and like sign Petrangelo like they were able to basically build so many like parts of their team just because of those trades that they made trading away those picks that they got from other teams yep for protecting so I don't think it's gonna be the same with Seattle I think the NHL changed that because that's it was pretty (laughs) ridiculous how they were able to do that because their team is so they're literally like the top three team in the league and they this is their fourth year in the league so (laughs) uh yeah so it's gonna be exciting for sure though I just want to see like how it looks on the ice, like their jersey, how Seattle as a city is going to be. I'm sure it's going to be great because they are a sports city. Yep. So it should be fun. Yeah, and I also heard that this uh, the expansion draft is going to have celebrities saying like the people's names. So that probably includes Russell Wilson, uh, Chris Pratt's from that area as well, and obviously Pete Carroll. So it's going to be pretty exciting. I mean, you hear the word draft, you kind of go nuts. But with this, it's kind of... I think it's not more exciting than the Vegas one. I think it's exciting in the way that you want to see some differences than what happened in Vegas, and we've seen that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're pretty excited for that. So we'll definitely have an episode predicting who was going to go. I think that's a just a slam dunk episode that we're going to do. So once we get closer, we'll do that. The Flyers, we've talked about them multiple times on this podcast, and they are officially eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs, so they can no longer qualify for that. Six, ten, and one in March, which is very unacceptable considering they played New Jersey four times. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's bad second round. Honestly, it's not even bad second half of the season. It's just a bad season in, in general. I mean, I think they started off two and zero against Pittsburgh, and everyone was like, "Dude, this the Flyers team. They're gonna be Cup contenders." I had them in the Stanley Cup final prediction for my other podcast, and they really just let me down. Big time. This is like, I've never seen a more disappointing season. Like, a team with this much expectation, like a dark horse contender, they literally, like, missed the playoffs by, like, a ton. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't even close. Like, when's the last time a team with this much expectation, like, literally missed the playoffs? Never mind Tampa getting swept. They, they didn't even make the playoffs, these guys. And, like, they didn't really have an excuse for it. Like, they didn't have any major injuries except for Hart now. But this season was basically over. For them, anyways, and like it was just like a complete disaster, and like they didn't have many injuries to kind of blame it on, and like all this stuff, like it was mostly just flat out they played terrible all year. 
Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do in the off season. I don't know if they'll make any drastic changes. If I'm the GM, you have to make a big trade, I think, with one of the core guys. doesn't matter if this is like a COVID year or not. Like you have guys like Giroux, Voracek, and like Van Reems like are in their 30s making a ton of money. And then you have like, you know, obviously Kevin Hayes is making a ton of money. And like you didn't even make the playoffs. So like I think you have to trade a core guy. I don't know who that would be. Maybe a Travis Konechny because he's kind of looks like he's fallen out of favor a little bit with like at least the coaching staff and like he's been bad since like last year's bubble even so I don't know what's going on with him he's a good player um, so I don't know what they're gonna do there in Philly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you take this season too hard on your team, but at the same time you look at their past history and it's not much playoff success or even getting to the playoffs. It's really off and on with the Flyers. They're either in the playoffs or they're either out of the playoffs by a long shot. And speaking of the World Championship, half of their players go every year, so I don't know yeah. what to like see what's going to happen. But, I mean, the core's been there for a while. It's, it's honestly kind of like a Calgary situation where the core's been there. You know, you hope you get success out of them. Calgary's had more success than the Flyers to think that's even crazy to even think about. But... I mean, just the Flyers in general, you might have to get rid of one of the guys. And I don't know, like, their team's good. You come back with them next year, fans are going to be a bit rattled. But if you don't come back with them next year, are you expecting less of a fight in the playoffs? Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see. Because it's going to go back to normal, the divisions, I assume, next year. So maybe you benefit from playing around the league. I don't know. Maybe some teams benefit from playing around the league, sure. But, I mean, you can't really... um, trust that process i guess you can't trust something that hasn't even happened right so i don't know we'll see what happens with the flyers they're a very uh, like weird team so yeah we'll see what happens but i don't know if i can name a team that's really disappointed this bad i just looked at the standings from the last couple of years i mean the sharks in 14 15 they missed the playoffs and then went to the stanley cup finals the next year <laughs> so i mean and then 13 14 uh, did they not lose to the Kings and they got reverse swept? Was that the year? Yes, they did. Was the that first the second round. round? First round. It was the first round. Okay, Even yeah, worse. So. Yeah, so they do that and then miss the playoffs and then make the finals. So I don't, maybe that's the one team? I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could say the 14-15 Sharks that they literally like were stacked, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Thorne and Marlowe were still good back then. And then they like they missed the playoffs and then like, went to the cup final because they still had that expectation. So, yeah, exactly, you could say yeah. that you could say that 14-15 Sharks team. Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, we'll see a bunch of players go to the double IHF World Championship, not even from the Flyers, from other teams. I'm kind of in like a predicting mode for the roster, and it's not a great one for Canada, if I'm being really honest, just the names I was like seeing. But I'll get to that in an article post at a later time, so... We can go to some lighthearted news, and this one is just, I mean, personally, I've been waiting for this to happen because I do not want to see this guy shoot in practice anymore, and finally, there is something to show on the ice, and it's your boy, man. Yeah, man, my man Cole (laughs) Caulfield scored his first NHL goal last night in a 3-2 comeback OT win over the Senators, and, like, he had so many looks in in his first four games, like... He's hit the post like twice, I yep. think. He's had a f- like really good chances, and he doesn't he doesn't play a lot. He doesn't have that much ice time, which is fine right now. He's still kind of like get, he's getting like power play second unit time, which mm-hmm. is good. Like he's it's not like they're benching him on the fourth line. Like he's getting some decent amount of ice time. Like he played twelve minutes yesterday, which isn't a lot, but it's not like 
he played six to eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's playing in an okay amount. I would like to see him play like 14 minutes, but yeah, like it was a perfect pass from Petrie. He was just busting his ass to the net, beat Stutzla on the back check. Like Stutzla, I guess, lost his man and he just beat him and just basically redirected it top shelf past Forsberg or Gustafson. Gustafson, yeah. Yeah, and he had a, obviously a nice celly in overtime, mm-hmm. and it was it was a, it was blessed. I'll be honest, that was the happiest I've been in probably a month, <laughs> to be fully honest with that team. Um, the last two games they played were probably the best two games they played literally since March. So I don't know what that means considering they have all these guys out of the lineup. They have Price, Gallagher, Tatar, Drouin, Byron, Weber missed the last two games. So I don't know what that means for like, the team. Maybe they just needed those young guys, like a spark. Like Evans is back in the lineup. Obviously, Caulfield, Suzuki's really picked up his play. And then you have, of course, Toffoli just ripping goals every goddamn game. Um, but yeah, what a great moment for Caulfield. Obviously, he's like super hyped up. Mm-hmm. Mostly by, obviously, by Habs fans a lot because they haven't had a prospect like this in, I don't even know. He was more hyped up than Galchenyuk, so that's all you need to know. So that was almost <laughs> 10 years ago. Um, so, yeah, so that's why there's so much hype. And, like, people on Twitter are like, oh, this is the most hyped, overhyped prospect ever. Like, I don't agree I don't with that. So, no, I don't man. think so, man. There's been much worse <laughs> than him. And it's just because he has everything going for him. Like, he won the Hobie Baker. Yeah. Scored two goals in, like, his first AHL game, you know. Supposed to be this big goal scorer. And... Obviously, it wasn't like a huge, like, it wasn't like a a vintage, like, Caulfield snipe or anything, but it was him busting to the net, getting in the right position. So I was really pumped for that. Yeah, and he should be. I mean, like you said, one of the most hyped prospects in about 10 years for the Habs. So, I mean, take it as you can, right? But yeah, Cole Caulfield's going to be a player. I, he's, like, I'm, I don't know if I would say I'm, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm kind of worried in the playoffs if Cole Caulfield starts to get the scoring touch heading into it versus the Leafs, but, you know, they're going to have to do have, have a tough time with him defending. So, I mean, during that overtime, I was kind of, like, hoping Cole Caulfield would get on the ice. And then at the three- or two-minute mark, he goes on the ice for the first time. I'm like, why is he even, like, going on for, like, the fourth shift in overtime? And the Montreal Canadiens are doing their Islanders thing, just going into the zone, going out, regrouping. It worked. <laughs> and then Cole Caulfield just comes in and just says, you know what, I don't care about the system. Go straight to the end scores. So. Yeah, they had the puck the entire overtime. Brady Kachuk was off for like three yeah. minutes, and that's basically why the goal was scored. So, I mean, their ragging strategy worked because Kachuk could not even change. No. Nope. And it basically led to the goal. So, whatever, I'll take it. Yep, four games played for Cole Caulfield, one goal, and it was a big goal. Obviously, the game-winning goal in overtime versus the Sens. That's a massive goal, and it's just a team win in general for the Habs to get in the playoffs. So, Cole Caulfield, is on, it's on the back of him right now, so... Yep. Uh, we'll see how he does going in the stretch and going to the playoffs, but I'm not thrilled about playing that guy in the playoffs. So, we'll hey, you might not even play him. Who knows what's happening yeah, we'll when see. we get yeah, later? Exactly. <laughs> um, what happened to Drew I want to get to Drew before the Vertanen news. All right, so there's not much to report about it. Like, so I think on Thursday or Wednesday, it might have been right before the Leaf game. I don't even remember. It might have been Thursday, the day after the Leaf game. He basically, like, it was, he came, they, the team came out, said he's taking a leave of absence for the team for personal reasons. I, I have no idea what that means. I don't know if it's, like, COVID-related, like a family member. I don't know if it's, like, his own, like, mental health. I don't know if it's, like, it's not, like, no one really knows. But he, he, 
he took a leave of absence, which is serious. Like when it's stuff like that, like you have no idea. And then obviously the media was asking about it, but they didn't give any answers. Obviously they had to respect his privacy. And they basically said like, you know, they're all with Drew and they hope they wish him well. And like, they're all in this together. So I don't know what would it be to be fully honest. Like he's not had a great year at all. He only has two goals. He has 20 plus assists, which is fine, but the goals with how much he's being paid, he needs to score more. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, he, needs, he should have had like 10 goals. Even that's not even asking for that much in like 40 plus games. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if, you know, seeing things on like Twitter and stuff, like Habs fans ripping him all the time. Mm-hmm. I haven't really ripped him that much because he is what he is. Like they obviously lost that trade with Sergachev. That was four years ago. Now I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> not like someone, yep. Yeah, so, but, I mean, just to wish him well, man. Like, if yeah. it is, like, mental health related, then he should take the rest of the season off because it has been, like, a challenge for everyone. Like, with mm-hmm. all COVID and stuff, it affects people differently. So, I have no idea when he'll return because he, he had the illness, which he missed games in Calgary for. So, I don't know if it's related to that, like, no one really knows. Yeah, I don't know. And so, honestly, no one should know. I think that's his own thing he has to deal with, right? But, you know, I'm sure he'll get out sometime uh, in the off season of what he was dealing with. And, you know, just prayers up to him, uh, whatever's going on with him. But I, I, th- I fully think he knew what he was getting into Montreal. Maybe the pressures got to him. But, you know, I was talking about this with myself the, last night. I'm like, the Habs just really got to stop pressing for these French guys and um, like it's Philippe Deneau, uh, Jonathan Drew, and Mark Bergeron, the head coach. They got to stop that stuff. Like, honestly, I know you want French guys in the organization. You know, that's better for your team. They could, you know, talk to the uh, media more and stuff like that. I, I, it doesn't work. Like, they just crumble. All the players. Like, yep. uh, am I wrong? Not at all. <laughs> the worst part is that they have, like, they make it seem like every French Canadian guy is going to be Guy Lafleur. Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't fucking work like that, man. <laughs> There's only one Guy Lafleur. They like, yeah. like when they got Drew in, like they literally thought he was like gonna be like Lafleur. Like I'm not. Yeah, joking. but he was so good going in, right? Yeah, like he was. Like, he had so much promise. He was only 22 when they when he came in. Yep. I expect like he had some decent seasons with Montreal. I'm not gonna say he was a total bust. No. Like last year, he got off to a great start, then had that wrist injury and just never recovered. And then he was decent in the bubble. This year was not good. But I don't know. Like, they just play way too much expectations on these French-Canadian guys that, like, I'm sorry, they're not, like, game-changers. Like, the only French-Canadian game-changer in the league right now is, like, Huberdeau. I don't even know if there's anyone else, really. Bergeron, I guess. Yeah, Bergeron, but he's not even the same. Like, I guess you could say Bergeron. Like, Huberdeau is, like, a superstar right now, French-Canadian in his prime. Like, like, there's not many guys that are like that. And... Especially when you're constantly like hyping him up all the time, and right, like, yeah, like I said, they expect him to be Guy Lafleur. That's just that's not gonna work. Yeah, <laughs> it, it hasn't work. worked for a long time. Right, exactly. So, prayers up to Jonathan Duran. Hopefully, he can get back from this and you know be in the playoffs and kind of do damage there. But another guy who's not gonna be um, doing anything in the next few months or maybe even years in the NHL, and that's Jake Vertanen. And he was placed on leaves of ab- leave of absence for. Uh, sexual misconduct and just adding to the Vancouver Canucks bad season and we'll get to them in another award segment but 
I mean, just this is like the cherry on top for this season. Like you, like you just want to forget about it for the Canucks. Am I am I wrong in saying that? Like, no, they've had a bad year, and like every they had a lot of things go wrong, and like overall the team just took a massive step back in terms of like everything, like player production, personnel, expectations, and then you have this guy who's who Canucks fans literally think is like actually good mm-hmm. when he's terrible he's not a good player he has no hockey iq and he's a clown clearly yeah um yeah so taken they basically tendered this guy's contracts of signing to foley so i wonder how that's gonna uh play out now <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like for Tannen, like i've never liked him even when he was with the world junior team canada he literally did nothing in like two tournaments like and nothing. he costed them the game. Yeah, exactly. He did nothing in two tournaments. Like he's not, and people still think like he's solid. Oh, he scored eighteen goals. It's like okay, and like he's playing with like Pedersen and like Horvat. Right. Like I think anyone could score fifteen goals on those guys' <laughs> wings. Give me a break. But he is like I've never liked him, and this just kind of seals the deal. Like I don't even. He's probably out of the NHL if all of these like. Uh, accusations come true and they right. they they seem to be because I think the the girl actually came out like the she named herself and like pointed out like it was him mm-hmm. so he's basically I would say done uh, I don't know what's gonna happen what the league's gonna do they're still probably investigating so yeah this is gonna take a while to get yeah. into the nitty gritty stuff but but and this also like plays into like the whole like God debt thing remember we were seeing a few episodes ago where like everyone in the locker room like didn't like him or mm-hmm. like beef with them it's it seems like the guys they have in that room other than like a few are like really bad guys you know what i yeah, mean yeah like i think the word you're looking for is like head, i don't know not headstrong like to just cocky. like yeah they're like they're like not wired the yeah. same like they're not like a horvat like horvat's the captain and he's a really good captain and then you have guys that are just like have like are like dumb like no like they do stupid things or like they don't get along because this is like the second time this has happened where it's like god dad was rumored not to have like beef with the locker room and whatever so i don't know yeah we'll see where this goes i mean it's gonna take a couple maybe even years months for this to play out fully and you know if the truth comes out he might be done in the nhl he's only 24 years old which is the shocking part about this but Mm -hmm um yeah sucks for the canucks bad year in general and you know we'll get to them and the golden plunger because spoiler alert, i have them there so i guess we could get to the first award here we're done with the news and it's the hard hat award awarded to the best player in the nhl the past week of play you can go with your guy he was from the montreal canadians should be playing on cole caulfield's line but he's not but whatever you go with him yeah, so I I would have put mcdavid here for obvious reasons i think he had 10 points in four <laughs> games this week which is stupid, but I, I'm going to put Suzuki. He really, really stepped up this past week, especially. Yep. So in three games played since we last recorded, so I'm not including the game in Calgary where he got a point as well. So since we last recorded, he had three games played, three goals, two assists for five points, one power play goal, two power play assists, and the game winner on Friday versus the Jets. So he's really stepped up this past week, especially. This is kind of like what they need right now. Like they've had basically no production from their centermen, and it's mostly just been like Anderson to Foley, yeah. Gallagher when he was healthy. Like those have been the guys that have been scoring, and like Petrie from the back end. <laughs> so they need their centers to start producing like points and goals specifically, and like 
Suzuki this week really stepped up. Um, yeah, like you said, you should be playing with Caulfield. But the line they have right now with Armia Toffoli has been their best it's line the working, last. Yeah. yeah, been their best line the last two games easily. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you should just keep it right now. The problem I have with Ducharme is that every time they lose, he changes the lines. Yeah. So they have to, no goddamn chemistry <laughs> with anyone. But right now, that line seems to be working. Caulfield's playing with Evans and Lekkinen, which is not great. But, like, I'd put him probably with, like you said, Suzuki or have Kakenyemi at center. But they, they're really lacking left-handed shooters on the team right now. Because I think four of the guys that are out are left-handed. Mm. So that's why they have Kakenyemi on the wing on the first line right now with Anderson and Deneau. But, yeah. I mean, Suzuki had a good week. Yep. But like I said, it would have put McDavid, but we've had him here multiple times, so <laughs> I'll put uh, Suzuki here. Yeah, we might have to name it the McDavid Award next year because of the amount of times we put him. But yeah. Nick, Suzuki, Nick Suzuki definitely deserving of this award from you. And then my guy is Igor Serengovich. And you're probably thinking, who is this guy? What team does he play on? Well, he plays on the New Jersey Devils, and he's been pretty damn good this season in general. Uh, he's a rookie this year, 22 years old, drafted, I believe, the fifth round. And in the last week of play, three games played, uh, four goals, one assist, five points, two power play goals, two even strength goals, and one game winning goal for the young lad. I mean, just, I guess, a bright spot on the New Jersey Devils this year. It's definitely Serengovich. Nobody knew who he was coming into the year. And now I think most people around the NHL do know who this guy is. So he's been arguably the best forward this year. And it, that's pretty surprising considering Nico Heischer plays on the team. Jack Hughes plays on the team. Jesper Bratt plays on the team. They had Kyle Palmieri, but it's Igor Sarangovich getting the award this week. And maybe, maybe, maybe in the conversation for the Calder, but we'll see how things play out because that award might better be locked up, but we'll see. Yeah, he's had a really good year. And like you said, he was a 22-year-old in the fifth round. He was actually drafted in the 2018 draft. So he actually, I think, got passed over. Or he didn't even enter the draft until 2018. Like, he was an overager in mm-hmm. the draft, which is even more, like, interesting. So, this is a very good pick for the Devils then now. That's yep, paying exactly. off. All right. We can head into the Golden Plunger Award segment. And this is awarded to the biggest underperformer, team, or player. We both deservingly went team. I think this is the perfect week to do that. And I talked about the Canucks being that team. And that's my team this week. Um, they haven't as been as bad as the team you picked, and I won't mention that team, obviously, but they're also in the North Division, and if you're looking at the standings, listening to the podcast, you know what team that is, but talking about the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, unacceptable play from them in the last week. They've lost every game. They lost four in a row, and trying to battle for a playoff spot is not very, it's not working right now, obviously. They lost four straight, right? So... And another reason I pick them is because they're last in the North Division. Now, I know they have games in hand over the Ottawa Senators, but they're in last place. The Ottawa Senators are two points ahead of them and are in sixth and they're in seventh. I think that pretty much sums up my Golden Plunger awarded to the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, well-deserved. And like like we said already, like this was them coming back was already a waste of time and now you're seeing that like they already had guys out of the lineup even before they came back like Pedersen who hasn't played in literally two months um and they just they just look like they have nothing like they have no energy and it's not I can't blame the players the coaches I just I can't like it's not fair for what they have to do the rest of the year like how the hell can you motivate yourself to get up to play the Leafs back to back 
like like Thursday, Saturday games, when you are basically on life support for like your lungs, basically, like you have no energy, the Leafs are rolling, and they're the best team by far in the division. Like how are you supposed to get up for those games? You know what I mean? Like they look pathetic. Like I barely watched the two games when I did. Like they were just dominated. Like they just couldn't do anything. Like yeah. And I can't blame them again. Like they just they got screwed with whole COVID, and they won those two games versus the Leafs to start. It was a nice story, obviously, when they came back, all the adversity. But just now, it's like they just can't do anything. They don't have the energy, and I don't know what this means for like a coach like Travis Green, who's a really good coach with Vancouver. He has been for a while. He's gone probably the best he can out of that team for the most part, especially last year. Um, and he doesn't have a contract, so I don't know what's going to happen there. Like, Obviously, you can't blame him for this season. Jim yeah. Benning screwed up most of the team t- mm-hmm. anyways. But, uh, yeah, like they definitely deserve to be a golden plunger. I mean, they still have 11 games left. That's the worst part. Mm. Like, How are you supposed to get up for those games when you're, like, I think, 14 points back of Montreal for the fourth spot? Like, when now, yep. What's the point? <laughs> like, So, yeah. So for my team, I have another North Division team, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the standings in the division are weird now. So I have the Winnipeg Jets, who have lost six straight in regulation. Obviously, they lost to Montreal Friday after being up 2-0 in 3-1. Them winning that game would have probably cemented themselves third in the division, most likely. But now, since Montreal came back, won that in regulation, beat Ottawa, they're now only two points back of Winnipeg. I believe they played the same number of games. Um, but yeah, they're two points back. But the only the problem is that Winnipeg has a much easier schedule than Montreal the rest of the season. Montreal plays Toronto three more times and I think Edmonton twice. So, I mean, this could get interesting if the Jets continue to struggle. But this was something that we kind of didn't see coming at all. Like They're just kind of falling apart at the wrong time here. Yeah, and, you know, from a Leafs perspective, can the Winnipeg Jets start winning? I do not want to play them in the first round. I would much rather play the Habs, no offense, (laughs) but it's close now. Somehow it's close. In the last week or so, it's close now in that third spot. So, I mean, it's going to be coming down to do the Habs want to win more games and do the Winnipeg Jets want to win more games, and that's basically the two factors that are going to go into this and you know, the Jets are a good team, but the last few weeks, clearly not. So we'll see what happens in the North Division. It's going to be it's gonna be really close in that uh, third, fourth spot for uh, three teams technically battling for it. Yep. Edmonton, I think it's safe to assume, is locked into that two seed. It's mostly just between Winnipeg and Montreal right now, I think, between three and four. Like, I would, did not expect this even on Monday, like last week. All of a sudden, that's changed now. Winnipeg's been really struggling. Montreal's won three of the last four. So, I don't know. But it's going to be interesting down the stretch here. 100%. Um, that, so, that's been our golden plunger. I don't think we have a what you say this week. There hasn't been... Well, we are clearly recorded on Tuesday, and it's Sunday now. So, a quick time frame. I don't think anything really funny or something has happened in the week. So, I think we're going to skip that segment. Sorry, Jason. You may have to sit this week out. But next week, you'll be back and rolling. But... Uh, we'll go into the Battle of the Buds, and this week was really good for both of us. Uh, 3-0 for me, 3-0 for you. Basically just, I mean, doesn't really help you in a way. I mean, no. you, you you get you get 30 wins, so you're 30-18, and 18, I'm 37-11. and 11. 
And the games we got right are you predicted the Oilers and Jets. They clearly lost. The Jets have lost six in a row. Hurricanes, I got that redemption game over the uh, the Stars. And the Golden Knights beat the Avs. The Hurricanes beat the Red Wings. I got redemption for that Maple Leafs game with the Canucks where they lost those two straight, then kind of won the first game back there. That was David Riddick's first win as a Leaf. And then the Penguins shut out the Capitals last night. So 3-0 for both of us this week. We'll get into your games first. Who do you have this week? So I have the Ducks visiting the now playoff-ready Blues on May 3rd. So that's tomorrow. And I have the Blues winning at home. Then I'll pick the Penguins again because they've been really, really good this year. And the Flyers suck ass. So I have the Penguins winning in Philly on May 4th. And then I have the Avalanche beating up on the San Jose Sharks, hopefully on May 5th. Avalanche are the away team. I have them winning. Yeah, and then for me, I have the Jets going to get out of the slump tomorrow night versus the Senators. What a perfect opportunity and what a perfect team to play. The Senators have been good, though, so it might be an issue for the Jets. But I have that tonight or tomorrow, sorry. I have the Jets in that one. And then I have the Rangers, who are uh, the host to the Capitals on May the 4th. And I have the Rangers winning that one. So Rangers need some dubs. Maybe they get in that spot. We don't know. It's going to be tough. But, you know, play out your hearts in that game. Um, And then I have the Lightning over the Stars. And they're the home team on May 7th. I have the Lightning in that one. Stars really need to fight for their lives as well. But the Lightning are just too good. So hopefully they win that one. So that's been our three games this week. We move on to Joe Spicy Meatball. Do you have one this week? Uh, Hmm. It's tough because we're getting close to the end of the regular season now. There's not much more I could really say that I haven't said already. Yeah, it's a quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a quick turnaround. There's there's not much has really changed. I'm not really going to make any playoff predictions yet. We could do that when we like right when the playoffs are about to start, but I don't know. Like you could I don't really have one really right now cooking. To be fully honest, I'm going to have to think of one on the fly. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a quick turnaround, right? We should record on Tuesday. It's Sunday. There's not really much going on. I guess the only one would be, like, maybe I can make it this week. Um, the Habs are going to get that third spot in the division. Okay. <laughs> That's a hot take. I mean, well, it's not really a hot take. They're two points back, but... It's only a hot take because last week we wouldn't have said that at all. Not even close. Like a week ago, Monday, they were like on the Calgary's on the verge of catching them. Yeah. And now that's over. They're eight points up. That's over. Um, because they play like I think Edmonton a few more times or whatever. But yeah, like that is a spicy meatball. They could get third. The only problem is Montreal has a way harder schedule, so I don't yeah. know if I could say yes to that or not. Like, right. They play the Leafs three times next week, I think. Yeah, you definitely need two wins there. Yeah, minimum if they want to catch them. Right. And I, that's not happening. They'll probably win one, I would think, out of the three, but definitely not, I don't think two, unless like they just start resting guys, the <laughs> Leafs. So, I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to say no. I don't think it's possible. I think the Jets will kind of wake up starting tomorrow <laughs> versus Ottawa. Again, I could be wrong because Ottawa, man, they play everyone tough, man. Yep. They do. They were up 2 nothing yesterday. They were the better team for, I would say, half the game. And then Montreal really took over in the third. But Ottawa always plays guys tough, even the top teams. Like 
Calgary, they went six and two versus Calgary. They've obviously Edmonton. That's uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> but uh, even the Leafs, they've won I think three or four games. So like they they could play and like take points away from teams. So I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I'm gonna say no too, just because strength of schedule as well. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. Last week, like we said, could have been. But I mean, yeah, the Habs have been good, but the Jets have also. Uh, shown us that can, they could can be good too and you know they gotta wake up with this like going to the playoffs this is not what you want going in against basically you might play Edmonton Oilers they might run over you just because those two guys how hot they are right now but yeah, yeah and I think even in like the season series like Edmonton's like own them Winnipeg yeah so I mean just talking about that McDavid guy man he needs what 13 more points 13 more points in the next seven games, which is not even two points a game, <laughs> which is completely possible to do. And he plays Vancouver five times. <laughs> five of the next seven are versus Vancouver, and then two versus Montreal, who he's been hit and miss with. The last two games he went off, but like the previous four, he did nothing. So I'm hoping versus Vancouver, he yeah. racks up like three points a game. Yeah. <laughs> so We'll see, man. This McDavid guy is just unbelievable. And I think... I, no, I wasn't on this podcast. On the other one, it was what's what would be more impressive: Matthews hitting fifty goals in the season, or uh, McDavid hitting a hundred points. I think I said McDavid hitting a hundred points, and that's tough. He, he might do it. <laughs> like just just to think about how he he might do that. Like well, yeah, McDavid could do it. Matthews can't now. No, but no. if he was able to, like if he didn't have that sore wrist and he was kind of slow for like two weeks, or right in the middle of the year. If he was, like, on the verge of 50, I would say that's more impressive because that's honestly, like, ridiculous. Like, no one scored like that ever. Even right now, what he's doing. He has 38 goals in, what, 46 games for him because he yeah. missed games. is is ridiculous. Pretty impressive, yeah. It's a ridiculous pace. Like, the guy's already – I'm not even a Leaf fan. He's already a top, like, three Leaf of all time, and the guy's 23. <laughs> so, like – He's by far my favorite player that's ever been on that team. Like, it's not even close. Like, when he scores versus Montreal, I, I don't care. I <laughs> expect like, wow. it. That one he scored on Wednesday. Yeah, who the that hell's going to stop nuts. that? Yeah, no one's stopping that, yeah. That's like McDavid-esque, if not more so. Like, what he's doing right now is, is ridiculous. And I remember when he got that contract, and people were still like, you know, what? it was 11.6. They're like, oh, he's, he's not close to McDavid. Yeah. yeah. He is right there with him. McDavid is clearly better, clearly, as an overall like playmaker. Like McDavid is not known as a goal scorer. He's going to get 30-plus goals still in 56 games. So, I mean, he's, McDavid's more explosive. Matthews, he, need, he needs one chance, and it's in the net. It doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. So, you guys are lucky to have him because the guy's fucking unbelievable, to be fully honest. So, Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how both do both players do next year. I mean, McDavid, I think, is more probable to do this next year just because, I mean, he just dominates every team. With Matthews, though, like, he still can get 50, obviously, next yeah. year, full year. But yeah, it's the sure. opponents he's going to be playing. He's going to be better. He's going to be playing better teams. No offense yeah. to the North Division. Better yeah. defensive teams, at least, and goaltending. Yeah. That's the, been the issue. Like, obviously, the top, the three of the top, like, five offensive players are in the North, but yeah. also, like, none of the maybe even the Leafs are like the best defensive team. And like, that's not even saying much yeah, exactly. for like the rest of the league. So that's, mm-hmm. the, that's why people always say the North argument, 
which I agree to to a degree, but the West is just as bad. Like the bottom of the West is god awful. It's worse. It's worse. Yeah, the bottom of the West is awful, but the top of the West is much better overall. Yeah, I would say so. It's like fifty fifty between the North and the West as like the easiest division. The Central again, it's very top heavy, but I mean Dallas, Chicago, Nashville are not terrible. Like those three teams would be right around where Montreal is, yeah. I would say. And then the East is obviously the hardest division. It's not even close, but yeah, it's been a. Oh, I just want this year to be over. Like I'm really tired of seeing the yeah. same teams over and over. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I just want to get to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just want us to get to the playoffs. I want to really watch the other matchups, not the North ones. I'll be <laughs> fully honest. Because I've just seen the same teams. Like, the North, it's been in our face in Canada here for, like, four and a half months. Like, I'm just tired of it. I'm really looking forward to, like, you know, hopefully a Colorado-Vegas matchup. I'm really hoping for a Boston-Washington matchup in the first yeah. round. Like, second and third, hopefully. But... Man, like I want to, I want those series, and then I'm, I'm more excited for the off season. I'll be fully honest. <laughs> Obviously, the conference finals, I'm, I'm dialed in and stuff in the finals. But I'm really looking forward to like, like we talked about the draft, even the NHL lottery draft. Then you have free agency, and you could have some big moves this off season because of Seattle coming in, and right. you know, like we talked about the Philly struggling. Maybe they'll make a big deal. Eichel could potentially be yep. on the move, so. It's going to be a really good offseason, I think. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's lots of stuff to talk about in the offseason. We'll see what how the season plays out. And, yeah, so the question was, Habs will get third in the division. You said no. I'm going to say no. I think that's a fair assessment. But that's been Joe Spicy Meatball. Any last words? Do you have any articles in the pipeline? So I'm only going to do one more power rankings. I didn't do it this past week. I'm going to do, like, a final, basically, one of playoff previews and then right when the playoff matches are set the nhl team on the breakdown will have uh previews for those series like how we've done in the past you've already reached out to kind of mention that so i'm going to do one more power rankings kind of leading into the playoffs and kind of like what to expect and whatever and then we'll have our own playoff previews coming up very soon right and last words for me Anze, man, you got to hit those 1,000 points. That article is getting released. So whenever you want to do that, go ahead and do that. And then another article in the pipeline, like I said before, the predictions for the – well, not predictions, just who I think might get invited to the IIHF World Championships in Latvia. Some players, like I mentioned before, the Team Canada team is not looking strong this year. But, you know, Canada is Canada. They always seem to dominate that tournament. We'll see how the U.S. plays out, the Sweden team plays out, the Russian team plays out. So – I mean, most of the good players for U.S. and Russia are making the playoffs anyway, so that's going to be tough to see what their teams look like. But Canada, strictly in this article, might be coming out this week. So we'll get to that maybe on thebreakdownsports.com, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're all there. So that does it for N10. There hasn't been uh, much news. It was a quick turnaround for us. We record on Tuesday and releasing now on Sunday. So I think we're going to take a week off for sure and bring you an episode on probably next Saturday or Sunday. So... Until then, we will be back next weekend. Join us. Woo!